was going to try to preach just to try to see what the Lord has for us. And Seth mentioned a word a couple of times when he was up here a while ago that, that kind of went along. Matter of fact, it was the word I was in, in my text. Acts chapter 9, if you got your Bible. I'll try not to keep you long, but they're talking about some of the things we do back back there. There's some things I probably could not do in here that we do back there that you would think were kind of weird. I, I do a, uh, I don't know, there's a uh, pet elephant I usually have, Martin, Marty. It's a pet elephant called Leonard. And uh, pet, my pet elephant, I, I get these kids, two kids with, under a blanket, and I tell everybody, I said, now, uh, this is my pet elephant. And I said, we've taught him to do all kinds of tricks. I said, he won't hurt nobody, and he'll walk around the classroom with this blanket over his head. And I said, there's, I said, I need a volunteer to lay in the floor, and, and we're going to see if he'll able, able to walk over you without hurting you. And he'll pick one leg up and make it across to the other side. I don't know why I'm saying all this. But anyway, we, we do all kinds of crazy stuff, but there's, at the end of it, it gets kind of funny. So you, we may do that one day for you. Come back there one day when we're doing it, and we'll let you see what happens. But uh, that's, that's all you're going to hear about Leonard tonight. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 6. If you got your Bible and you find that scripture, say amen. And Saul, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to synagogues, that if found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly there, was a, there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee. What thou must do. That's all my reading tonight. Lord, I ask God you'd take this word and break the bread of life, God, to us tonight. God, as these young people have testified, as testimonies have already been given of your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, and your strength, and how you provide, we're asking tonight, God, you'd stand by us as we endeavor to preach your word. Give us the tongue of the learned that we might speak, God, in this hour, that your name may be glorified and magnified. Amen. I want to preach tonight on just a simple thought. Brother Seth said it several times. And this word has been, <clears throat> for the last two or three weeks, it's been jumping out at me, this word. And I, I, I'm trying to figure out where I hear this word at, what, what, why do I need to know this word. And I begin to study about it. The word is captivated. And up on the board here, you can see behind me. I want to talk to you tonight and preach about captivated by Christ. Here we find Saul in the Bible here, Saul who would later on become Paul. And we see Saul was out to destroy the church and destroy the Christians. And we, we see his intents, he, he was, his words were like a, a fire-breathing dragon. His words were piercing, he had an intent to destroy Christians. 
He had letters in his hand to obliterate and to annihilate and wipe out any that were Christians. And that was his, that was his plan. Then we read that word suddenly. We read there where it says suddenly. Where is that? Verse number four. And, there, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly... If you've read your Bible much, that word also is in Acts chapter 2, the same word. And suddenly there appeared in them cloven tongues like as in a fire. So here there's a suddenness that's happening. And it's, the suddenness is Christ came to, and talked to Paul here, which is Saul, and, and told him, said, why, what are you doing? And, and he knocks him down and, and, he, and he talks about the great light shone down. He testifies what happened to him to Agrippa a few chapters over. He said, he said that at midday, O king, he said, a great light shone down around about me. And he said, I fell down as a dead man. And he testified what Lord, where the Lord captivated him, where the Lord captured him, where the Lord called his attention. I remember the day he caught my attention. I remember I used to come to church riding the Sunday school bus, and I'd come and I'd pray as a young man at the altar, and I prayed several times but I never really got what I needed from God. But I remember July the 9th, 1990, I've told my young people, I said, that's the date I got saved, and I said, I'll always remember it. And I said, you'll need to get some dates in your mind and some places you need to get established that this was the day I got saved, this is the day I got filled the Holy Ghost, this is the day that maybe God called me to preach. That you can have a, a ground rod that you can stand on and say, hey, I can take you back to the place, I can take you back to the time, but I remember the day the Lord saved me. The song says, I remember the day the Lord saved me. All heaven came down. I was happy and free. Glory filled my soul for I knew the Lord had took control. I remember the day. You remember that day, Brother Jonathan, the Lord saved you? You remember when he picked you up out of the horrible pit and set your feet on a solid rock? I didn't just get saved, I believe. I believe he captured me. I believe he got my attention that night he saved me there at E-Town camp and came into my heart and took my old black heart and washed it white as snow. I believe he captured me. I, and, and that word captivate means to attract or, or have a hold and intent, an interest. God had made a, an attraction. It became, it became a wondrous attraction to me as we sing that song, I will cherish the old rugged cross. Uh, and it said it has a wondrous attraction to me. <coughs> this Christ now no longer was a to me I, as a, a young man in Sunday school. It was it was, a, it was a, he was feeding uh, the multitude and he was he was healing the blind. And now after I got saved, he was more than just a healer. He was more than just a feeder, but he was my savior. He was my he had captivated my mind. And it began to fascinate me. And I, I remember it, it was, I was totally different. There was a great change. And I'm not just talking tonight about me, but I remember after I got saved, there was a transformation. I look back now and I say, wow. I mean, look what the Lord had done. And it captivated my heart. He captured me. And if it wasn't for God, the grace of God, I don't know where I'd be at tonight. I've got brothers in the, I've got brothers in the graveyard. I've got sister in the graveyard. If it wasn't for the grace of God, there would I be also. 
But I'm glad tonight he ca- it captivated me. I wanted more. And I began to study and seek God. I wanted to know, God, what do you want to do with me, God? What do you, what do you want? What design do you, what, what's the intent, God? After I got saved, Lord, we'd get, we'd get hungered going to revivals. <coughs> We'd seek every church we could to go to revival. We wanted to know who had revival, and we'd go to the church about every night, me and Jerry would, try to find somewhere to go to church. But I become fascinated. I become amazed. There was an allure. It was, it was drawn. Uh, there was a grip that God had upon my heart. And the word also means enrapture, mean caught or thrilled. I was thrilled with what I had. I was excited that I was saved. Now I've got a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Now I'm no longer just Maynard, but I'm a child of the king. Now I may not have a dad at home, but I've got a father in heaven. And he's my Lord and my master. He's a father to the fathers. And the word also means absorbed and that means soaking it up. I become a sponge. I wanted to know more. Tell me more. More. More about Jesus. And I, I become captivated by Christ. I wanted to know about His Word. I, I remember the church got me a Bible for my graduation and I'd read my Bible and I'd try to understand it. And I'd study and I'd pray and I, I got me a concordance and I started looking up words and I'd sleep in my Bible and I'd cry at nighttime and I'd go out sometimes at nighttime with my hands seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost out in my backyard, raising my hands, worshiping God, looking at the stars. I was captivated. And I, that's why we must become with God. It must be something that's just not a part-time thing, but we must become captivated. And a couple weeks back, whenever um, Brother Seth and Josiah went to Asbury Revival and they came back, I was studying at work and I had something on my mind for youth that night. And Josiah texted me and he, text, he said, Daddy, he said, I know this is a crazy question. He said, but do you care if I preach tonight? And I said, Absolutely, I don't care. You can preach. And that night, he, he got up and he told what the Lord had done for him and how the Lord touched his heart when he went to Asbury Revival and, and God had done something in his heart and he, he couldn't explain it, but he knew God had touched him. He knew that there was something that was drawing him. And he began to tell the young people at, at, back in the youth group what God had done for him. And God came by in a marvelous way. There was a, uh, there was a, captivity in that sanctuary over in this Cana chapel that I couldn't I couldn't get out of there I didn't want to get out of there but there was a spirit that God had a hold of us and he had captured our attention and our eyes were focused upon him troubles yes we had troubles sorrows yes we've had sorrows heartaches sure we've had heartaches but our mind our heart was focused on that spirit that we was feeling in that place and God had transformed and came down and sat right among us two weeks ago. And God's still doing it. I remember the next Saturday, uh, Saturday after that, I came uh, to do some work in the Sunday school class trying to arrange and move things around and, and make room because we need room and we needed room and we've got it now where we, we can have more now. We can put more chairs in there. We got room. But I got in there, and as soon as I stepped in, Brother Jarvis, as soon as I stepped in there, I felt that same spirit that we had felt for two hours, Brother Jonathan, and I dropped my head. I walked in. I I didn't run in, but I walked in softly. And you say, is it just that room over there? No. 
God just doesn't abide over there. He doesn't just abide at Asbury. He doesn't just uh, do it at Topeka, Kansas. He doesn't just do it at any other place. But God still moves in the sanctuary. God still moves in the heart of God's people. God still moves. He doesn't sleep, nor does he slumber. But as I walked in there, I walked softly in that little room, that Sunday school class, and I could feel an overwhelming presence of God. And I dropped my head, and I, 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 I tried to work in there and clean up a little bit, but I just sit there, and I, I had my phone on, and I started listening to the music, and that same spirit grabbed a hold of me. And I sat there and wept and cried. And I said, God, what, what's going on? What are you doing this for? And what he was trying to tell me that I needed to be more captive with him. I needed to get a greater grip on him. I, wanted to, I needed to draw nigh. The Bible says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. He wanted me to come just a little bit closer. And I feel like that's what God's calling us in this last hour. Telling us to come just a little bit closer. That we might be captivated by God. He, he's still the lily of the valley. He's still the bright and morning star. He's still the Alpha and Omega. He's still the roses shining. To, and he's, he's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He still kept He still draws my attention. This world may get some people's attention, but all of my eyes focused on Him. We're living in the last day. We're living in the last hour. Troubles may try to draw your attention, but lift up your head. The Bible says lift up your head for our redemption draw it nigh. He's coming soon. There's no doubt. He's coming after a church that's white and ready and watching. And we must watch. We must draw close to Him. I don't want nothing in between me and Him. The Bible says to lay away every weight and every sin that does easy but set as if it looks like sin, get rid of it. If it's something that hinders you, get rid of it. Draw close to him. The woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd. For 12 long years she had that problem. And she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch some part of his robe, I know, she said, I know I'd be made whole. And we know she pressed through the crowd. She touched him. And she was not the same after that. The Lord touched her body. The Lord healed her. And I'm glad God's moving. And I wanted to mention about Jaden and his brother getting saved. God's moving. Jaden came and he prayed the next Wednesday night after we had such a good Wednesday night service. And then the next, the next Wednesday night, Jaden came and gave his heart to God. He was sitting there and I seen conviction on him. I seen him sitting there feeling like he was, uh, he feeling like he didn't know what to do. And he, he, I seen tears in his eyes. And I, I know as I was teaching, and I, I the Sunday school lesson, as I was teaching the youth class, I, I, that something was going on in that boy's heart. Something was wrong. Something's wrong with him. He's needing help. And I, I gave an altar call after we'd played a few games or whatever. And no, we didn't get to play games, did we? That night. We didn't even play. But I said my little lesson. And I said, I feel like we need to pray tonight. And I said, is anybody in here not, not saved? I want everybody bow him and close your eyes. And he raised his hand that he wanted to be saved. And I, we, we got over as young boys did, and we gathered around and prayed with him. And uh, the Lord saved him. And not only did the Lord save him, but he's, he's, like, he's like Peter, I believe it was, or who, who was it? Simon. Simon went and he won his brother, or his Andrew. Andrew went and found his brother. So here we found him the next Sunday, brings his brother in. And I said, that's just like Andrew in the Bible. Andrew means soul winner. 
So here he is, already become a soul winner. He's won his brother. And look what the Lord's doing among you. These are your children. These are your grandchildren. This is the generation that God's raising up. And you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's chose you for this hour. It's for such an hour as this you've came to the kingdom of God. God wants to draw close to you. He wants you to be captivated. He wants to capture you. He wants to, he wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to surround you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to provide for you. He wants you to trust him in everything. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways. He'll direct your path. But I want to be captivated by Christ. Take this whole world, the song says, but give me Jesus. You can take the you can take everything this world may offer, but I want Jesus. I'll take Jesus over this whole world. And that's the way us as young people, you young people, I've got to be captivated. I've got to be captivated in such a it must fascinate me. It must allure me. It must get my attention. John 12 and 32 says, if, it, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. I don't know about you, but I feel like God's doing a drawing in this last hour. God's searching and God's drawing. You say, where are they coming from? I don't know where they're coming from. But if he has to go out into the hedges and by, high, high, hedges and highways and byways and compel them to come in, he'll do it. He'll send them in. As Brother Huff used to say, he'll send them in by the droves. But he'll send them in. But when he sends them in, he sends them in. Can God trust us with souls? Can God place them in our hearts that we can God put them in our pews? Can God place them? There's people that come to our church and sit on the back row. I don't know if they're saved or not, but can God trust us with these souls that we can be able to witness to them, that we'd be able to bring them closer to God? Point them to Christ. Let them know that He's He's still high and He's still lifted up. He's not on the cross. He's not in the tomb. But he's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And he's, he's accessible tonight. And you can touch him. Your life don't have to be the same. Jesus, the song says, he's a lily of the valley, the bright morning star. The song says also, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. I don't know about you, but... The reason I stand here today, it's nothing that I, not of good that I've done. It's nothing I've ever done to be standing here, but it's by the grace and mercy of God that He called, that He called me, that He saved me, that He redeemed me, that He picked me up, washed me, and He called me His own. And I stand here tonight, not, not on my own merit, as I say, but I'm glad to know that I am one of them that's been saved. I'm glad to know that I've been bought by the precious blood. He's captivated me. He, he, he's got my attention and he's doing great things and, and I believe with all my heart God ain't finished yet. We've not seen the hat yet. God's doing great things and God's still doing great things. You sing that song all the time, Sister Ruby. God's still doing great things. He's still moving. He's still saving. He's still delivering. He's still healing bodies and saving souls. Men and hearts. He's putting families back together. He's working in things that you cannot see. If we'll just be captivated by him. If we'll allow him to capture my thoughts. 
I don't want to just think about anything, but think on these things. What do you need to think on? Think on these things which are pure. Think on these things which is holy. Think on these things which are just. Think on these things. And if your mind thinks on them things, you can't help but be drawn closer to Him. And the closer you get to Him, the brighter the light will shine in your heart and life. And you'll be... One man said, I may be in Nero's prison house, but I am not Nero's prisoner. I am a prisoner of Christ willingly. I give myself willingly. I I belong to him. I'm captivated by him willingly. Do what you want to with me. Have your have thine own way, Lord. You are the potter, and I'm nothing but the clay. Mold me and make me. Lord, after thy will. I want to be captivated by Christ. Do you love him like you used to love him? When you first got saved, is that love the way it once was? We used to sing that song, I remember on the Sunday school bus. I believe it was Brother Carl Hacker's bus. We sung that song. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between the Lord and I. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. Are you in love with him? Do you really, really love him? Do you love him? I'm not trying to put porn at you. I'm not trying to say, but I'm talking about me. Do I really love him the way I should love him? If I love him the way I should love him, I mean, he'll be able to speak and I'll be able to say, yes, Lord. I won't have to question it. I won't have to doubt it. All he's got to do is just speak the word. If I really love him, I mean, I'll surrender all. We sing, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. I want to be captivated. I want to, I want to be on the front of the roll. I want to be leaning, looking, and watching, and waiting, expecting what God's going to do with an anticipation. I mean, He may just come by here and visit us tonight. He may come through here Sunday morning and sweep through the congregation in a mighty way. God, have your way. But I want to be captivated in such a way that God could use me, that God could use you, that God could place His Spirit upon you, and you'll be able to be obedient. You won't wait and hesitate, but you'll say, Lord, speak. Here am I. Send me. Captivated. Captivated. It's more than just not, it's not normal Christianity. Nor, it's, not just being, it's not normal church services when you're captivated. If you're, if you're not captivated, we'll come in here, we'll sing three songs, and we'll take up an offering, and we'll preach, and we'll say a little prayer, and we'll go out, and we'll come back Sunday night, we'll sing and we'll practice a song in the choir for 30, 40 minutes, we'll get up and sing three or four songs, and routine again. But that's just norm, normal. But we're living in an hour we, we can't afford normal anymore. You hear me? 
God wants to get your attention such, just in such a way that people say, I mean, you say, well, I'll be a fanatic if I do that. I believe Joey Hyatt preached about fanatics. He's one of my favorite preachers. I love that man. I loved him. Love his messages. He preached about being a fan. He said a fan is somebody that's, you know, a fan. he said a fan is one in the stands. They're there cheering on like I do sometimes when I go to the ball games. Come on, come on, yeah. You done get, I mean, that's a fan. He said, but a fanatic is somebody that goes just a little bit farther than that. They're not just a fan in the stand, but they're a, they're all, they're a participator. I don't want to be just on the pew, Brother Jarvis said, I don't want to be a participator in this thing. I don't want it just to touch so and so, but Lord, let it move on me. Let it breathe on me. Don't just touch this side of the church or that side. Don't just, don't just touch the youth. Don't just let it happen. Joseph, you do me a favor. I don't know why I want to do this, but this was on my mind the other day. You could stand at these doors, open one of the times. You could open the other door to the youth room. It's not just, we've, we've not got nothing special going on over there that, that, God, that God's just going to flood that place. It's not, I mean, it's not a place like Moses was told to take his shoes off. Bear with me. It, it's, not, it's not special holy ground that over there that God just moves over there. But God moves in the sanctuary. God moves in this place where I've got bare feet, where we can stand in His presence. In His presence, the Bible says it's fullness of joy. I don't know about you, but I need some joy. I can look at some of you and say, you need joy. And I can say, she needs joy and she needs it bad, but it's me that needs it. And I want to be captivated by this. I don't want it just to affect myself. I just don't want it Sunday morning that we come up. I'm sorry, I'm barefoot on the platform. Got socks on. Hope there's no holes in the toes. Anyway, I don't want it just be Sunday morning where we come and have Sunday school. And then, are you getting what I'm saying? I'm not trying to talk. I'm not talking over nobody's education level tonight, I know. What's going on over there can come flooding in here. Or what's going on in here can also affect what's going on in there. You can come on in here. Shut the door, please. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. How many here are Pentecostal? And you're proud you're Pentecostal. How many here have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? A lot of us. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to allow the Holy Ghost to do through us? There was some, I'm taking too much time, I know. There's some foreigners, and I've told this before. They went to a hotel room. And when they went in this hotel room, they'd never seen running water. They went in the bathroom and turned the faucets in the shower and water was pouring. And they turned it off and water had stopped. And they, they was infatuated with what's going on. 
And they said, before we leave, we're going to take this with us. I said, this is, this is awesome. We're taking this with us. And they got in there and they took the handles off and they went wherever they was going. They thought that that handle controlled the flow. I don't control the move of the Holy Ghost. You don't control the move of the Holy Ghost. I can't turn it on and turn it off. The Spirit moves where it listed. But I want Him to move on me. I want Him to move on you. I want an old-fashioned, heaven-sent, Holy Ghost reviving. I need a thirst. I need a hunger. There, one song says, there, there is a hunger, and it's deep down inside of me. I want to be captivated by this. I want him to wrap his arms around me. I want to fall in love with him. I want his word to be rich in my heart. Anybody need to fall in love with him again? Anybody want to fall in love with Jesus? That's what revival is. Revival is falling back in love with him. Realizing, hey, you, God, you've been here all my, you've been by my side when I was riding that little Sunday school bus. You was by my side. When I was in, when it, just I remember, I believe it was uh, Atkin, Atkins, Gordon Atkins' wife, May. Is that right, May? May told me, I think she told me she was my first Sunday school teacher. And I remember one time when I, Got up here in the Sunday school department up here at Brother Darrell's class, and I opened up the roll books. And I looked back and I said, I'm over here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and here. I mean, I'd go through each class, and there my name was, and I thought, wow, God's had his hand on me. God's raised me up for some reason. I, sometimes I wonder why, but God had a reason to send that bus by Pittsburgh with Carl Hacker to pick up some little kids on the bus route. The love of God, that he would have his hand in his plans. And I remember, I've told you this before, I remember getting off the Sunday school bus and I did not think I'd ever be a preacher. I was just a little old boy. I mean, little old boy. I, you say you never was little. I was little. You may not think I was little, but I was a little boy. I remember getting off the bus route. And there was a lady that come by the house. She was a drunk. Mary Harris was her name. And, there, and she'd come. She'd pass out sometimes on her couch. And, and sometimes she'd leave. And then she'd come back another, another week. But i come home off the Sunday school bus route. And she said, there's my little preacher man. And she didn't point to Jerry. She didn't point to Frankie. She didn't point to Kenny. She didn't say it to Lisa because she's, she's not a preacher or none of that stuff. But he said, she said, there's my little preacher man. And I thought, why are you saying that? I, and I growed up and I thought, why in the world she always said that for? I never could get it in my mind. Why? I'm taking too long. I know. Sorry. I got a little older and got... In fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and I'd come to church and I'd learn about the Bible and I'd learn about the Ten Commandments and things you should do and you shouldn't do and, 
and I'd be there in class and some of them boys, would, I was mean too. You know I was. But there's sometimes I'd, I'd get preaching to them. Me a little boy and I'd say, boys, you don't need to do that. God's coming back. We're, you keep that up, you're going to go to hell. And all that. I mean, I, they're them little boys. I was telling them that. And they, they, they nicknamed me preacher for a few years there. I'm like, man, I don't want to be a preacher. I'm just telling you what somebody else needs to tell you. I couldn't get rid of it. But I remember, like I said, I remember when I really got saved, I become captivated. I mean, I'm not just a fan of Jesus. I'm not just a Jesus fan as, what was his name, Mike? There was a singer that sung, I'm a Jesus fan. I'm a Jesus fan. Anybody ever remember that song? Mike Payne, I'm a Jesus fan. I'm not just a Jesus fan. He's more, I'm more than his fan. He means To me, he's become everything. So this one song says, I'll, I'll, we'll be quiet with this. Some have made Jesus a game that they play. To others, a song that they sing. But since I met Jesus, I'm happy to say, to me, he's become everything. And tonight, young people, brothers and sisters, we must become infatuated with this. Love the Lord God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy spirit, which is the first commandment. Do you love him? I want to fall in love with him. Let's bow and close our eyes tonight.